You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. May God use and overrule my words. May God's word only be spoken, God's word only be heard. Amen. I think they're playing with the microphone to try to make my voice sound like God. Here's a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When I lived in Missouri and was working as a college administrator many years ago, I met a woman named Margaret. Margaret was wealthy and lived alone in a giant, giant house with her cat. She'd once worked as a nurse, so she wanted to help our nursing program, and her, our friendship started with tea and her interest in giving us a scholarship for students. I discovered that she lived in rural Missouri and was a, co- a cotton entrepreneur who also went to the tiny Episcopal church with the red door in town every day for morning prayer. We quickly began to enjoy each other's company even though she was 80 and I was in my 30s. We had a regular lunch date at the Holiday Inn Buffet because it was a small town and that was about as fancy as you could find. She'd always order off the menu (laughs) because she'd say, when you're 80, you can do just about anything you want. I would drive her to lunch in her incredibly large, fancy, light blue Lincoln town car. 
and she would take her complicated camera with her so that we could take pictures. Her camera was so fancy that it had a robot voice that spoke user instructions. And when you didn't have enough light, a robot voice would come on and say, too dark, too dark. (laughs) Margaret loved adventure and she taught me many, many wise things while also making me laugh. She became a trusted friend, encouraged my work and faith, and once in a while, she'd say some, uh, something amazing like, the master has his hand on your life. I realize now that she filled a hole in my own life created when my own mom died when she was young, and her friendship helped me with that grief. Sometime about this time, though, my life hit some big speed bumps. My job changed, my young daughter was sick, my marriage ended, and I stopped having lunch dates with Margaret. Now, this was for sure me ghosting her. You see, she still called me. She still sent me notes and clippings and called me some more, but something in me would not let me return her messages. Now looking back, I realized that I did not want her to know that my life felt like it was falling apart. I didn't want her to know that I had any troubles. I saw my problems as evidence that I was flawed and broken. I was ashamed, so I stopped accepting Margaret's love. Eventually, all my difficulties led me to reach out for help, of course, and of course, God was in the midst of my powerlessness, and my life began to change for the better. Through it all, Margaret's calls and letters kept coming, but I didn't respond back. And then one day, I saw an ad for a fancy camera like Margaret's that had a robot voice, and I knew I had to call her and I had to make amends. So I wrote her a note inviting her to lunch. She accepted, and I was terrified. What would she say or do about how I had treated her? I had been a terrible friend. I don't remember much about the day now, except that when she came into the front room of her house for our lunch date, Even before I had a chance to say anything, Margaret blurted out with a big smile and a hug, Well, for goodness sake, I am glad to see you. What on earth took you so long? Our life together went back to a better place. Looking back, I can see Margaret's love during that time was part of what helped save my life. Some people say Ash Wednesday is an uncomfortable day, the most uncomfortable day of the year. The prayers in our prayer book seem to rub our noses in our mortality, our failings, our limitations, our sin. But I think Ash Wednesday is really an invitation from our loving Heavenly Father to give up and come home. They say home is the place you go, and they always have to let you in. With God, though, home is the place we go, and he always wants to let us in. 
He invites us to surrender the good and the bad of our lives, the worry, the regrets, the fear, the sadness, the secrets, and the shame, all to him. To lay down those things that stand in the way of us, walking in peace and love with God and our neighbors. I could not see all those many years ago that my friend Margaret was inviting me home just because she loved me. And when I couldn't come to her, she continued to invite me anyway. You see, that's what love does. It never gives up on us. Today, God invites us to come home, to come for healing, nourishment, and salvation. So which person would you rather be before God? One who knows she's okay on her own or one who knows she can be okay only with God's help? When Jesus tells us in Matthew to have piety or righteousness that exceeds the Pharisees, I think this is what he hopes we'll understand. A relationship with God that knows everything depends on God's love, not my accomplishments and not my power. Today, Jesus reminds us that the change God wants in us is not something we only see from the outside, but a heart change deep inside. He says, start in secret with your heavenly father. I read a Christian thinks any good he does comes from the Christ life inside him. He doesn't think God will love us because we are good, but that God will make us good because he loves us. And turning to Jesus nourishes the life inside. In the heat of the moment when I'm filled with fear or guilt or worse, shame, I forget how much I matter to God. I forget that I am loved and worthy. I forget I'm not alone. Maybe you've had those experiences. In contrast, when I can live out of my sense of worthiness, given me as a gift from God, out of a sense that I'm loved, I find power to reach out and love others, too. But I need a way to speak my worry and my sin. I need a path back to remembering how much God loves me. And that path is called confession. And it leads to forgiveness, to reconciliation, and to reconnection. So Ash Wednesday is meant not only to remind us that we are dust and will return to dust, It is meant to remind us that God has a claim on each of our lives. So we don't fast or give alms or serve the poor for attention or self-satisfaction. We do those things because they help us face our fears and rely on something other than our own power, namely the gift of our Savior's love. It's not hard to see that our world is broken and that we are just as broken. Living through a worldwide pandemic and now watching the world on the brink of war, live on television, it's enough to convince, I hope, anyone how much we need a savior. Evil is in full view, pushing us toward a breaking point. Sam Wells writes, Jesus on the cross is stretched to the breaking point. Fully human, fully divine, Christ crucified is the place where the division between Jew and Gentile is played out. 
Jesus represents both humanity and Israel, the new Adam and the new Abraham. But the heart of our faith is that when Jesus was breaking apart in agony, he never let go of us, which tells us that in the heat of our agony, God will never let go of us. God's love is reconciling us to him and each other, drawing us toward mercy and forgiveness and calling us home. And if we find ourselves unable to go, God will come to us. It's a mysterious gift, divine love, undeserved, unearned. Our prayer today says, Almighty God, you hate nothing you have made. Our Father in heaven is waiting for us to come to the end of ourselves, to accept the burden of our hurts, our losses, our anger, our hate, ready to forgive us and be with us always. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, Almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may through your grace be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living to the honor and praise of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.